Hey you, welcome to Mostly Max and Other Things. I am the aforementioned Max, and welcome to another week of this here thing. First off, happy Thanksgiving, booze and bays. Um, I'm actually dropping an episode on Thanksgiving because who knows, maybe you want to block out the fam because they're annoying you. Why not put my voice in your ear? Hmm? Any who's there, I'm not going to hold you, so let's just get into the bullshit. So, after ginning up a bunch of hateful ass bullshit about gay folks grooming kids, yet another mass shooting has occurred at a place where people are supposed to be able to be unbothered or should be unbothered. Club Q in Colorado was attacked by a domestic terrorist who killed five people and injured 18. The biggest mindfuck of the whole thing is that the shooter is the grandson of a politician who um, is, as you would expect, an acolyte to the Rat King. And the, the shooter, who was like 22 years old, got over hmm, on making threats against his mom. He threatened to blow his mama up. And she was like, he is dangerous. You should intercede. And he got like hardcore fucking charges. But interestingly enough, all those car- charges got kicked. Wonder why? Anyway, his grandfather, as you could imagine, said sent thoughts and prayers instead of immediately fucking re- resigning because that's what the fuck you should do. But anyway, um, the kid went in, shot up the place a little before midnight, right, right before the day of trans remembrance, which, yeah. Um, and basically, he got his shit duffed by a retired vet who happened to be there along with a drag queen who was performing there. They got together and busted his fucking shit. The vet um, got the little boy down, sat on his ass and pistol whipped him with his own shit and um, prevented him from doing more damage. Um, Interestingly, the right who loves some veterans and some war had nothing to say about this hero. Interesting. Anyway, um, after being wild heroic and doing what needed to be done, um, the cops tried to bing him and had him sitting in a police car for an hour, traumatizing him further because, you know, he wanted to know what happened to his people because there was a lot of people who he knew that were there and he wanted to make sure that they were safe. So mind you, he's sitting there in a fucking police car for an hour, um, covered in blood. So that was great. If there's any kind of positive news to this, which there really isn't much, it turns out that the vet owns a brewery with his wife and they've been getting a shit ton of support and getting to the long coins, which they deserve because he did a wonderful thing and he deserves good things. So there's that. Um, In other fucking news, (laughs) Old Musty restored the Rat King's account, as you would expect, um, on Twitter and the rat King being the rat King said, nah, I stay on my own bootleg version of your shit. Uh, I ain't coming back. So that was a gimmick that kind of fell flat in hopes of keeping the lights on and bringing in the Rochian unwashed. So he pivoted 
and restored the accounts of a bunch of Nazis instead. So that happened. Um, basically, um, you know, Twitter could go down any day because uh, they down to a skeleton crew of maybe what? A little over 200 people, maybe less because everybody was like, oh, you want to play dumb games? We out. So they don't have a comms team. They don't got payroll. They don't got nothing. What they do have is a bunch of H-1B visa holders who came here to work from other countries and are essentially hostages because they can't leave unless they have another gig lined up. So if they were fired from Twitter, they'd have 60 days to find a new gig or they'd have to leave the country with their families. So yeah, they basically got those people hemmed in over a barrel and that's the only reason they have anybody there. Twitter started out with 7,400 employees. They have like 238 of them now. And most of them, as I mentioned, were H-1B visa holders. Isn't that great? And what few advertisers they have left that aren't wild bootleg are doing the dip because of the inconsistency around their account managing account managers. They keep um, having to uh, get new ones because everybody quit. And the quality of the user experience has gone down. The quality of the user interface around um, uh, the advertising arm of the bit of the joint has also gone gone down. So cats who was spending upwards of high six figures on ads on Twitter have removed themselves from the narrative because it is a sinking ship and everybody's jumping off of that. So any day now, uh, the fun thing to watch are the acolytes to uh, Musty who really are like, Twitter's going to stay the same, you guys. I don't know why you all don't have faith. We don't have faith in your Roach King. I don't know. Um, Because he's stupid and so are you. So there's that. In other news, remember old girl who pulled up to the Capitol with the rest of the mouth breathers on the 6th, on June 6th, June 6th, January 6th, and stole Nancy Pelosi's laptop? Well, that 23-year-old dumb bitch um, got binged for six counts. Among them, a jurors found her guilty of civil disorder, resisting and impeding officers, and four other misdemeanors. Misdemeanors for treason, guys. Um, she was up for eight counts, but they deadlocked on obstruction of an official proceeding, which would have given her mad, mad time, um, and the charge of aiding and abetting the theft of Pelosi's laptop. If I remember correctly, she was the one who stole it, but apparently she was just videoing and gassing people up and telling them how to steal shit without leaving fingerprints and all that type of shit on video because audacious. So that happened, and uh, when she got caught, she was trying to do the dip. And because of that, the judge sent her directly to jail uh, prior to her sentencing because baby didn't show no remorse, and she's clearly a flight risk. And she is <laughs> a dummy, a 23-year-old jackass who is going to go to jail. Hopefully, she gets some nice time because, you know, a lot of these cats, as I keep mentioning, Ain't get no real time. Cats, I mean, some cats got like eight years and, you know, for duffing cops and stuff like that. Um, but this stupid bitch should get all of the time that she's got coming to her. 
So baby was a pillar of salt. But you know what they say. Play stupid games. Win stupid prizes. Fuck that dumb bitch. And she can rot. So to today. <laughs> this week on the podcast, I actually have guests. I sat down with the hosts of the wonderful GOT and all things fantasy podcast, A Thousand Eyes and One, which is helmed by Tanya Ellis, my favorite menace, and Nikki Birch, who are smart, funny, and fabulous. And we sat down and talked about the pod and all the stuff they want to see and finding their people, finding black people who love fantasy as much as they do and making a home for themselves. So it was a fun conversation. Those two ladies are so much fun. And if you haven't gotten into their podcast, y'all missing out. Definitely get into that. And a couple of other things that they've got going on that we will talk about in the interview. And that's coming up in two seconds. Today on the podcast, I have the host of the Game of Thrones podcast, the, the Game of Thrones world podcast, <laughs> A Thousand Eyes in One, as well as the founders of the speculative fiction book club, Wine on an Empty Stomach. And I still haven't finished the first book y'all cats put on there. And... <laughs> it's a cursed book. That's okay. <laughs> I feel better about that fact. Uh, <laughs> They are brilliant and funny and consisting of my faves, um, Nicole Birch and returning champ and eternal menace, Tanya Ellis. <laughs> Welcome to Mostly Max and Other Things. Hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm more of a Nikki, but that's cool. It's oh, fine. I'm sorry. It's right. okay. Nikki Birch it is. Nikki Birch. <laughs> It's my professional name. Um, Nicole is the thing that people call me on the first day of school and they don't know any better. Fair. Yeah. I always Fair. allow it. I give, and my doctors call me Nicole. I feel like we need those boundaries. Even right. <laughs> That's how I name. feel about Maxine. Like I, I do, if I don't know you, you can't call me Max, beloved. I don't know you. Yeah. You don't have that kind of relationship, friend. And I love Nicole. I just feel like it's much more formal than I am actually. Mm. I feel that. I, 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 I think I like the formality as a boundary because it's like, I, I don't know you, stranger whore. Do not call me Max. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I like I'm, gatekeeping myself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I feel like with Black ladies, you have to build a boundary or cats will absolutely just jump over anything. You give what them up, a Nick, Nick? No, 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 you don't. <laughs> hey, Max, how's it going? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> so funny all right did we lose tanya well, she's still here she's getting warm. <laughs> yes sir that's what i'm talking I about a, i have a very long headphone cable <laughs> i love it i love it all right <laughs> so let's jump into the first question what do you do and why do you do it and i'll start with nikki whoa what do i do um i'm a video producer um i have been a videographer for I guess like 11 or 12 years um I do it because I love music um and I also I guess I do it because it's something that I always did and didn't realize it was a viable career path because I was the one with the family video camera filming my family and my sisters I and I that. never made the connection that you could actually do that for money nice. 
And now I do. Hey, <laughs> that's the that's the thing. Like if you get to do the thing that you like to do, like I think I said that to somebody yesterday. I said that, you know, most people don't get to do the shit that they like and yeah. they're miserable at the thing that they are doing because everybody has to be strategic about the thing that can get them paid. Because yeah. especially if they're black, like you you can't just be like frivolous. Like you have to get the the serious position so that you can mm-hmm. pay for things. Exactly. And then, you know, your parents will be like <laughs> This is what you're doing, especially uh, if you're like a, a child of immigrants. Be like, let me tell you, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> years and years. It wasn't until I got my current job that my parents took what I was doing seriously, and that includes having won a Grammy and having been nominated for a movie that got that was nominated for an Oscar. Wow. It wasn't until I started working at my job now at NPR that they were like, "Oh, I know what that <laughs> is." Okay, okay, we we we. we that little thing that you're doing that's cool you don't have to get a real job anymore (laughs) it's like oh we've heard of that it's legit (laughs) the other thing I love doing is writing but you know that's I don't get to do that as much as I would like but one day maybe soon come um Tanya Uh, Tanya is a lawyer I sometimes say a reluctant lawyer (laughs) I do it Originally, because I wanted a way to help protect musicians. Hmm. Um, I studied music in undergrad and I went to a music college. And when I decided to go into law, I ended up actually changing schools so that I could focus on a real like law program. And my goal was to just help to protect the musicians that I know and especially young musicians who are new. Mm-hmm. Um I haven't been doing that work recently because I need money. I know so, that's right. <laughs> so I kind of do that work, you know, for cheap, sometimes for free to help out um, young musicians, my friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, people that are close to me to make sure things are on the up and up for them. And in order to pay my bills, I do discovery work for companies. Oh, it's lit. And how did you guys come together for A Thousand Eyes and One? (laughs) Oh, man. Let's see. We'd met many times just like peripherally because I would I would always be filming shows that she was at. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'd been introduced many times and sometimes we sat at the same table, but I was always working whenever I saw her. So we didn't really ever get a chance to talk until it was uh, Winter Jazz Fest. And we were at Sullivan Hall and you were alone at a table filming and I had gotten there late. And so I went up and sat where she was because I couldn't really work my way through and I didn't want to like, and you know, bother people. And so in between filming, we finally just kind of started talking to each other and we were talking about Crips. <laughs> <laughs> that was during my Crips season when I, I had... I had a recipe from this older gentleman from France who it was his grandmother's recipe oh, so and he would he would always legit. bring them like come knock on the door and like bring us some and then one day he taught me how to make them so that's all I was eating at the time. Nice. <laughs> so I found out we became Facebook friends and it was that's when we really kind of got to know each other seeing what each other liked and then I found out she watched Game of Thrones Ew. and and I said the magic words have you read the books? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, history. no. And it's really funny because Tanya started a Facebook book club 
about for Game of Thrones for the first book because there were other people who had expressed interest in also reading them. But like within the first week, we found out that I was actually the only one reading the book and I was like chapters and chapters ahead of everybody else. Mm -hmm. So we decided to talk offline. Nice. Yeah. I love that. I have all those books, Um, Mm -hmm. but I have I read them? (laughs) No. (laughs) But they are also very long. They are yes. very long, but they a are a little tedious. So good. It's delicious literature. I did tell y'all I'm still reading Who Fears Death. So <laughs> that book is hard to stomach, though. Like to be completely fair, it is not a light read. It um, is not. I mean, and just... the thing of it is, when I do it, I burn through pages. Mm-hmm. It's just like, all right, there's a break. Back to watching The Office for the 477 time. Mm, I love The Office. <laughs> <laughs> so much. It's so, so good. It's my comfort show. It's so good. And I realized, like, whenever I get high and watch it, I see mm. all the Easter eggs. Mm. <laughs> there was stuff that I never Opens noticed. Your third eye. <laughs> open my third eye. Open my perennial gland. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, there was stuff that I never noticed. Like, I always tell people this one because it's, I, most people didn't catch it because we're all the problem. The episode, <laughs> <laughs> the um, the Benihana Christmas episode, mm-hmm, where they're they're mm-hmm. at Benihana and they're trying to get Michael through his break- breakup or whatever the fuck was going on. Um, he was single as shit or some shit, whatever. They yeah. were all there, and um, Andy was trying to wingman him. I like how we're already going into the other things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he was trying to wingman him, and he, they were trying to holler these two broads, and they were like, "Yeah, let's bring him back to the to the office." La 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 la. Right? They get back to the office. I watched this shit 477 times. Never noticed it was two completely different girls that they brought back to the office. <laughs> that, they, that they could not tell apart when they had them at the office. Oh my God. That's so funny. I was, you know, I was going to ask you about the office. I really, I love it. And I'll rewatch if it's on. If it's on, I'm going to watch like however many episodes until it Absolutely. stops playing. Absolutely. Um, but I will say that I love that. I love, I like love, love, love it until Andy comes on. And Andy mm. is so annoying. He like he, he turns a, he turns me shit. off of the show. And and the fact that I they watch it like anyway, elevated but... him. I will watch it to the yeah. end. I always end up going all the way through the ninth season. Yeah. But like him failing upward is just peak whiteness. Yes. Him failing upward may... into those positions. Mm. Yeah. Peak. Maybe that's They're telling you stuff. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. That's why it's so un like completely it starts the joy is still kind of there but not to the same level and yeah. also he was too old for Aaron let's just put that way there. too old for Aaron like come on man You're talking about she smell like your mom come on man. Like, oh. <laughs> I was really hoping eventually they'd write him off but that never happened no he was a thing and then he did the hangover movies and then became mm. another thing and you know mm. I will give it to the folks on that show and on Parks and Rec when they were blowing up while they were on the show they did not right. leave they yeah, stayed that's true. They, they they didn't want to stay anymore. They couldn't stay anymore. Yeah. Or they stayed to the end. Like Man's Dem, who's one of the more disappointing of the Chris's on um, Parks <laughs> yeah. and Rec. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck Star-Lord. Yeah, fuck Star-Lord. Uh, <laughs> Chris Rat, and I think that's so funny. That is perfect, actually. That's what I call him now. Thank you for that. <laughs> he is the worst of the Chris's, and he is upset about it. But stop being the worst. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> stop being the worst then. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let me go back to where we were. <laughs> Shout out to the other things. Um, for my second question, how did you get started in your perspective industries? Yeah, we already talked about how y'all got started on a thousand right. and one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what happened? I 
uh, so my partner at Hybrid Music was Tariq Khan. He's the founder of Hybrid. And uh, he saw a video of Bilal singing, uh, Is This Love in a Studio? And he was like, wait, I've got a studio. I should be doing, it looks like a, looks like a club. I should be doing that too. And so his dad very generously one summer gifted us a camera and I just picked it up and I just started filming everything. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that I like to do this, you know? And for the next two years, I was just showing up at people's gigs, filming their shows like, oh, hey, I'm here to film. And then after the show, I'd be like, oh, like I'm not charging you anything. Just come back to our studio with a hard drive and I'll give you the footage for free, which was kind of like our, our opportunity to get people into our space and to see what we were doing and explain it to them. And that's how I built my network. And so I did free gigs for two years until I felt like I was good enough to start charging people. And it just went from there. Wow. Yeah. I didn't go to film school. I taught myself. I taught myself how to film. I taught myself how to edit. YouTube University is nice. the bomb. Um, yeah, that's how it happened. That's dope. And Tanya? So I, you know, started the traditional way, went to school, took the test, applied for jobs. Um, I, at one point, actually quit my job. Uh, I don't know if I can get into why, but it wasn't good for me. And I decided I would start my own practice. And I did for about three years. Um, and I ended up not continuing for two reasons. One was that I had dif when you're in entertainment, it's really difficult to get insured. And it's mm. really, really, really expensive. And I was doing so much pro bono and cheap work that it was just impossible to keep up and also I was doing more admin than practicing law mm. and so I decided I just I couldn't do it anymore and then I got pregnant and I was like okay I need the good the good health care and it's running a business is incredibly expensive mm -hmm. and True time story. consuming and True trying story. to do it by yourself is even harder yeah. and so as far as having like the official practice I let it go but um but, you know, I kept working. People reach out to me. And I actually stopped working again for another baby you you know as Grimlock. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet and, face um, Grimlock. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so, I, you know, I got into it the same way anybody in my industry does. You know, you go to college, then you go to law school, then you take the bar exam, and then you apply for jobs. So mm -hmm. it's not like an interesting, <laughs> same as everybody else. Well, I tried to, well, we talked about it when, when I interviewed la interviewed you last time, how I also wanted to be a lawyer and it turns out I'm a terrible test taker. So <laughs> I took the LSAT twice and it was a catastrophe. I think mm. the first time was the worst time. The second time was slightly better, but not by much. And then I had realized that I had put a lot of money just in trying to get in. And right, I hadn't yeah. really thought about what would happen if I actually did get in. I was like, I don't have no money. I tell, I tell so people all the time because a lot of people will just be like oh like someone actually said to me before like, well it's a good education even if you don't want to be a lawyer but it's I tell just people too all the time for that shit. it's too expensive to just be like go get a master's then you know yeah, spend, it, really. you know you can get a master's and some programs are like a year you know instead of putting in three to four years putting in the time to study for the bar exam putting in hundreds of thousands of dollars of study hours and all that shit and not even want to actually be a lawyer that's i never mm. understood that shit like people who just stopped practicing i was like you know how much money you spent on this whole endeavor 
And I just mean, trying to get say, in was a couple I, thousand. I do hope to stop practicing at some point. I I burned out pretty quickly. Mm. Um, <laughs> I've burned out so fast that I was I was doing too much with not enough time. Mm-hmm. And I feel that. Yeah, yeah and I get that. um, yeah. I mean, I I felt burned out by the time I was like thirty two. Oh wow! And it was just getting harder and harder and harder to to keep that life up. You know, mm-hmm. the long hours yeah. working yeah. into the wee hours of the morning and the perks that come with it are really great. You know, it's like, oh, I work till 3 a.m. I get a private car home and, you know, my dinner is paid for and they have wine and they make sure everything is comfortable. And it's like, yeah, that's great and all. But like so that I you don't know. leave. That's why it's right, like finance right. in that way. They mm-hmm. give you all like, that shit. So you don't you leave. Realize, you realize I'm paying. I'm doing all this work to pay for an apartment that I'm never no, in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I just and rent is no. too damn high in right. this city. Yeah, it really I enjoy is. My apartment. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it's crazy so the things that we do like that to just kind of like sustain and be able to like, oh, this is what this is what it is that I'm doing. Cause like I was like when we went into lockdown, I was relieved because I was so burnt out. I was like doing so many gigs a week, running to different clubs, filming shows, mm-hmm. doing studio sessions, and then, you know, spending all this time to make rent for two loft apartments that, that made up our studio. Mm. And it was just the two of us are just like making two New York Brooklyn loft rent, rent plus utilities, plus all these things and mm-hmm. barely making it or not making it at all. And, and to do all that, to not see my family and to miss my nephew's birthdays and to mm. miss my cousin's weddings because I couldn't afford to go. And so when we were in lockdown, I was like, thank God. And so, and when I found out about this job at NPR, because somebody tagged me in the position on Instagram, uh, shout out to Melanie. And I was just like, yo, it's like everything that I've been doing, but with the salary and health insurance and regular hours, and I'll be able to like maybe save a little something or go places. And like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard. I'm glad I got to hustle while I was young because, or younger, mm-hmm. right? Uh, right? Because I don't have the energy now to like, bust my ass till six o'clock in the morning and right. then wake up at nine and go waitress or like the things that I was doing at the time. Like, oh, ooh, I, I know for no. certain at this big age, the the kind of um schedule I was keeping and the amount of alcohol I was imbibing, mm-hmm. I would die right now if I did Absolutely. the same shit I was I doing have a in heart my attack. 20s and mm-hmm. 30s. I would have kicked a long time ago. Like there's no fucking way. Because I mean, I worked in finance, like, you know, I started out as an admin and then I was doing like associate work or whatever. And I did not love it. And so mm-hmm. I drank every day with a Y with my coworkers who also did not love it. And, you know, I, you know, this is like up until 09 when the financial whatever fallout of mm. everybody scamming for houses mm-hmm. and shit um, happened. And I got fired and I was bereft because it was basically, you know how people get, especially here in this country, everybody's really bound up in their, their identity is bound up in right. what they do. Yes, and if right. you don't do anything, then what are you? Who are you? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it was kind of that kind of situation. And it turned out to be a blessing because then me and the husband, you know, we were like, yo, you know, if we don't put our name on the door, who, who gonna, who gonna check us if, if it's our shit, you know what I'm right. saying? So that was the time when we decided that we would do our own thing. And I was kind of like hesitant because it wasn't what I really wanted to do, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do anymore because the law thing wasn't happening and all that type of shit. And then I still end up kind of counseling people as an HR lady. So mm-hmm. it worked out yeah, with less of a bill. <laughs> I definitely have slowed down a lot. And, you know, like I said, part of it was for my kids and wanting to like actually know them. Um, yeah. 
but I absolutely have to thank my husband for the amount of support he gives me because when we first got married, I was making almost three times as much money as him. Mm. And, you know, his career took off and it kind of gave me the freedom to fall back some, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and like you said, you get so wrapped up in your identity being what you do. And I really went through like an existential crisis when I stopped having my practice Mm -hmm. because I was like, well, if I'm not Tanya Music Law, the, you know, entertainment lawyer, well, then what am I? Who am I? Right. And I had to wrestle with that for a long time. And one of the great things was our podcast. Mm-hmm. So I really got to pour into it and start learning audio engineering. And, you know, that I'm looking at that as a potential second career for myself because I was, at, you know, I had to take a crash course in Ableton in order to edit our mm-hmm. podcast. And it was <laughs> a thing for us to do for fun. I mean, that's a yeah. world I've never, it's, it's a thing I've never done before. Same, same. And it took until last year when was it what last year that I was like Nikki I've been editing our podcast for five years holy shit yeah I was like, I've been doing then you can put that on it on a resume sure can yeah but it's the thing I didn't consider and then mm-hmm. the, in you know uh Brian he got me told me help me find out what kind of gear I needed we've upgraded so much you know, yeah. with our audio mm-hmm. quality. Mm-hmm. And Nikki one day was like, I didn't go to school for film. You know, she was like, I went to YouTube University. Why can't you? Essentially, it's not exact words, yeah. but, you know, yeah. and I feel like between you, Nikki and, and Brian, it was made me realize, wait, I could actually do this. Like, why not do something else? Like, you don't Absolutely. have to be Tanya the lawyer forever. Yeah, that's it. You know, and I, I, I could potentially have what, how old am I? Well, nobody needs to know all that, but I could potentially have 15 to 20 more years of work. Yeah. Yeah. And doing something that you enjoy, which is a major Mm -hmm. key. I feel like when you're doing what you enjoy, it definitely doesn't feel as much like work when you like it. Yeah. I think that's really true. And I, like, I've been really lucky. I've been able to work in music for the last 12 years or whatever, 12, maybe 13 even. Um, And so it doesn't feel like work. I haven't been bored since I started because it's always new and, you know, it's always an adventure and everything is always different and it's exciting. Um, But I think I learned really in the last few years how, like, being tired is not a badge of honor, you know, being busy is not a badge of honor. It's really not that whole grind culture thing that everybody's on. Y'all can keep it. I'm okay when my, my schedule is empty. I feel like if I'm sitting still, that's perfectly fine. If I can sit and watch the office for another 12 hours, that is perfectly fine. It's, it's, you know, that whole, again, like the whole uh, idea of work and and what it provides and how you do it and who you do it for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the cachet of being like struggling at your work. You know what I mean? And it's like one thing to really struggle and to do it, but it also have to pour into the things that fulfill you. Um, And it's like, I was talking to Tanya Day, I was like, I'm laying in my bed and it's like almost 11 and I'm feeling bad about being in my bed on Sunday at 11 o'clock in the morning when I should really, I was like, wait, no, I can do that. Mm-hmm. My apartment's is clean. My bills are paid. Like that's what I'm saying. I don't need the Roomba already did the anything. vacuuming. I'm Gucci. <laughs> Shout out to the Roomba. <laughs> no, I used to. I used to almost boast like, "Oh, I've worked 55 hours mm-hmm. in three in the last three days." Like, look, I'm I'm still going. Like, I'm 
living off of coffee and wine and you know and then people look at you like you're the crazy one when you are the crazy one they're like what do you mean you haven't slept in three days i'm like right yeah i'm doing this and it's so cool and they're like but you look awful and i can tell your health is failing and why have you lost like all these things that yeah that add up you just Oh, empty. So it's like, and, and, you know, it's like it's that grind culture. Mm-hmm. You know, they sleep, we grind. And then Fuck one day that. I said, you know what? Maybe my ancestors' wildest dreams is me drinking champagne in the morning and sleeping all afternoon. Amen. That fucking part. Because let me tell you how. You know, I'm supposed to be like seven kids deep at this point, and <laughs> with some dude I don't really like that much, but mm-hmm. we make it work. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, bump all that. i like not having because let me tell you something kudos to the parents shout out to all of y'all because we're suffering (laughs) (laughs) y'all can't be be more booked and busy than you like your schedule is their schedule Mm -hmm. and i'm like i I I don't know that my friends with kids and even like i was babysitting tanya's kids yesterday and i left and i came home and i was like whoo I feel bad for them that they still have those kids for the rest of the night. And tomorrow, <laughs> you know, I'm like, ah, right. And I love them. They're so cute and they're like, they're adorable and they're so loved. They're so but loving. You get to give them like, back. Too, but like, I yeah. like, I'm good with giving them back. Be in my apartment, my cat's fat as hell, sitting on a chair over there, listening to birds. Same. You know, like, Same. it's cool. I like it. Yeah. I, oh, I'm into man. it. Like, I, you know, my cat chose me recently, like, almost mm-hmm. a year ago. That's what they so, do. So, like, they, he just showed up at my house in the rafters and was like, yeah, I live here. I'm not leaving. <laughs> where where are the snacks? Um, and that and that's pretty much been it. It's just been me and the husband, and now Buddy the cat. So now mm-hmm. it's just it it works because I can be high and drunk on a on a Sunday. Yes, but no can. judgment because I do what I want. <laughs> yeah, we we have to take turns. Yeah, Fair. it's like all right, today's Somebody, your day. Today get you get blasted. to be high and, and drunk. And I gotta say, shout out! Like I'll say, shout out to your husband because. He is awesome. Yeah. Like I think out of all the husbands I know, he's in my top five list of like people yeah. who are. <laughs> and doing I don't like anybody's properly. anybody. Yeah, you know, like, I don't like anybody's so, anybody. He's just so kind and generous, and he gets it. And like he reminds me a lot of my dad sometimes because like, he's just like, you know what, you need this day for you. Right. Take mm-hmm. it. Right. Well, but he's you also not afraid to take his days too. Like he's, he's a true partner. He's yeah. a partner, and that was the thing too. Like. Where I was like, I'm not trying to be a single married parent. Like I've seen mm-hmm. it, especially in West Indian households, like yeah. in anybody's household. Let's keep it a buck. Where the moms is doing all the heavy lifting, she's mm-hmm. doing the calendaring, she's taking the kids everywhere. The pops is bringing money, and that's what where they think the responsibility stops. And I was like, when we were talking about it at one point having children, I was like, listen, this got to be a partnership, or it's not happening. And then yeah. it didn't happen and we were okay with it because, you yeah. know, if we wanted children, we'd have them. So, like, yeah. it was one of those things where it was like, ah, this this actually works better for us. <laughs> but I knew that I was have going to have a partner in my husband if that's what we wanted to do, which that's is a really major good. key. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, you got some cat who's like, well, I, I went to work. I'm like, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> right. So um, did I. <laughs> I've been working exactly. since I left work. So what's good, homie? You know what I, I mean? Get, uh, I get um, reactions from people too. You know, when I'm just like out with Nikki or like, or even the fact that I take the time to have book club and podcast and do all those things with the other people. Like, well, where are your kids? And I'm like, they have a father. Right. Mm-hmm. He's watching them right now. So I could do this interview. Because, like, you know, he's a parent. Otherwise, otherwise, ho, why is you here? Yeah. <laughs> For real. Exactly. That's it. That's really it. And I mean, I feel like people are really 
wrapped up in those you know roles those traditional roles and right because it, it, it even infects like the the discourse around like lawmaking and shit like that because mm-hmm. these cats mm-hmm. want desperately to put our asses in the in the kitchen and get us out the game so that their mediocre asses can get all the things that they think they de- that they deserve and just have broads for spawning and that's it mm-hmm. and that's all I you s- do i spent the last year and a half as a stay-at-home mom and let me tell you the hours are way worse than working mm-hmm. at a major law firm, but it is definitely more rewarding. And I know people say that all the time. Like, oh, I love my kids and it's so rewarding and it's great. Like it is rewarding because they are great. However, I had never been more exhausted in right. my life. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for the fact that Brian will take, he takes mornings so I can sleep in as late as I want. If the kids, you know, if the kid doesn't have school or whatever, and I don't have to bring him, if he's home, he takes morning, he gets up, feeds them, saves me from the baby, and I can get my rest. And, you know, he goes to work. He was working three jobs. Oh, and wow. I, you know, I was working zero jobs. And, you know, and I was like, okay, I'll do the cooking. I cook and he cleans up after. And, you know, we both change It's a partnership. And, yeah. You know, and it's like, it's, I get, I just get reactions from people. It's always, well, well where are your kids? where are your kids like and it's always the question i get and it's like mm. and from everybody which is from hilarious everybody. to me because so, even like even if you don't have children and you're married it's like where's your husband where he's at the fuck you mm-hmm. mean like i don't girl i don't know yeah Babes, <laughs> i don't know where he is i i don't keep a track of what he's yeah. doing and he doesn't do it for me and people are like befuddled by that yeah, yeah. it's really weird it's it is annoying. a very weird thing like, yeah. don't you and have I, your own life didn't you have your right. own life before Right. Before you got married, before you had children, like, yeah. And I I think with me, it's the fact that I'm a lawyer, so I'm expected to be this one way. Mm. And Mm. so the idea that I would turn around and be a stay at home mom for a Mm. while, if people look at it as like, it's weird. And I guess maybe it is a little weird, but like, you know, it's my job isn't everything. And the thing that's the the thing too. The buttery thing about feminism, the proper kind of feminism, is that the choices, mm-hmm. the choices exactly. are your own. You could do whatever the fuck you want. Like that's right. the whole point. And right. people are like, "Well, feminism means you get to work fifty-five hours and and never see your children. You can't have it all. Like you choose the things that you can do, and that's it. Like that's that's it. Like you don't have to do a whole bunch of, you know, performative ass bullshit because of some phantom ass." Um, role that's been placed on you mm-hmm, you know what right. I mean you could you can be a stay-at-home mom if you want to you could work and keep your kids if you want to you can get somebody else to come in your house and help you right Listen, you and not to. feel bad about it and I not just feel got bad a, about it I just got a text from my nanny so I absolutely feel you on get somebody else to come help you because mm-hmm. this shit fan. is hard this Hell shit is yeah. hard like and I like don't said, like doing I, certain things I can pay someone else to exactly. do it exactly and like mm-hmm. you said it, it comes down to choice Right. I can choose to work really hard at, you know, an outside job if I want to. And if I want to take that time to just be a mom to my kids and do that work, then I can do that, too. Right. And the people who think that feminism is just your right to basically be a man. <laughs> that's how you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I feel like yeah, that's yeah. how some people yeah. look at yeah. it. Like, well, it's I can true. just I can, I get to be just as horrible as men are, and it's like, well, I think, and a lot of those girl boss bitches lean into that bullshit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, I don't want to be as horrible as men. Are. I want to have the choice to decide what I want to be, and right? Exactly. Be able to go back and forth between those things as much as I want to without judgment. And we haven't gotten to the without judgment part yet. 
Yeah. That and it's like an important thing to be able to like to, to do that and to understand that you're choosing your own happiness, like choosing to make time for us to do our podcast. And Tanya knows how crazy busy I was before. Like I never had time for anything, but it was the one thing that like starting our book club and starting our podcast and recording like on a regular basis with Tanya was what gave me my life back. Mm. You know, it got me back in touch with all the things that I really, really loved and had to abandon because I was always on the hustle and always on the grind. And it was just like, you know, a safe space where I could talk about words on a page, which is, you know, what it doesn't get better than that, except for maybe food. (laughs) Yeah, I know that's And we talk about that too. (laughs) Right. And that's kind of the thing with this. Like this started out as a therapeutic thing for me because, you know, grief and loss and shit. 2020 was a shit show. And it still is. And it still carries over. And, you know, just using like I needed a place to unburden, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this randomly came up and I just was like, you know what? You know, I found out what I needed to do. This is the brokest podcast on earth. Like, <laughs> it's edited. I've got my little, uh, I felt so special when I bought my little mic rig here. And, you know, it, it's me and my computer and 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 me talking to my friends and faves and finding out what they, it's been super educational and therapeutic. And, you know, people seem to like it. <laughs> and, you know, that's just a perk. Like, I, yeah. I wasn't really doing it for anybody other than myself really but like you know it gets to you know I get to bend a little you know do a little uh yammering isn't it crazy that people will listen to you do that because I'm still just dumbfounded like dumbfounded and astonished that people listen to us talk on about purpose my on purpose about Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah. or like a world of ice and fire or Wheel of time or house of the dragon like, yeah and they come back and they comment and they interact with us and we're like whoa for real right that's what's up you like me you really (laughs) like me (laughs) it's amazing and like shout out to everyone who listens because yeah and and goes to the trivia yeah oh those were one of those coming up oh yes we have one coming up on tuesday i adore you but i'm not going to whitestone We understand that. I understand. We understand. I we understand. Trust me, we do. It's it's a hike for everyone. Yeah, it's a hike for me too. It's like the Nico. weirdest place because it's like, isn't it in the middle of a highway? <laughs> it's kind of close to the Whitestone Bridge, you know. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. But um, let's go back to the questions. Oh, yes. <laughs> and other things. And other things. <laughs> um, so for my third question, what do you hope to achieve with your own careers and with the podcast? What is the final form for your careers Ooh. look like? Retirement? We should, we should go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll start with Tanya for this one. All right. For my career, I'm ready to transition into audio engineering and I've been taking classes and stuff and I'm trying to learn like the actual technical parts of it so that, you know, the podcast is a great way to practice, but it's very Mm -hmm. limited in what I have to do for it. So Mm -hmm. I'm leaning into that learning sound design. And those are the things that I think I want to lean to lean into next as far as for our podcast. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I want people to pay us to host their trivias. Yes, sir. I want to do panels at San Diego Comic-Con and New York Mm Comic-Con. I love that. I want our book club to be on TV one. (laughs) I don't want to be, I don't want to be too famous, you know, just enough. You want to be black people famous. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be black people famous, you know, and I want to, you know, I want our book club to be picked up, you know, and for people to, to, really get into what we're doing here come my kids 
yeah um yeah and the, all of like I, I see a thousand eyes and one is our baby and I don't want that to be like tainted by someone else telling us what we need to do with it mm-hmm. but I would love to continue to host and even do another podcast for someone else who's who's mm. footing the bill and doing the editing and all of that That's stuff hell yeah but together with Nikki, I, I want to do all of those things. And so, yeah, so that's that's what I want. That's what I yeah. want. Awesome. Um, Nikki, I'll, go I'll go backwards. I was like, similarly, I want the same things. I want us to go and host panels at, at conventions, like Comic-Con, like all the cons, on the cons. I feel like A Thousand Eyes and One or like Wine on Empty Stomach is the kind of thing that could tour to other cities and just, Definitely. you know, be sponsored to come in. We did not last summer, but the summer before we did Baby Book Club. Because Tanya's, because uh, Tanya's niece found a book that she really liked, and it was the first book that she'd like really read and been excited about. So we talked mm-hmm. about that book, and we just posted like on little on a private Zoom, it was like you know like five or six little black girls talking about a book Aww. that they that they really liked, and we really loved the oh, book. Oh, I would have loved that. At oh, that it was age. so it was so fun, and I'd never seen that because you know it's not until you get older and you look back at these movies from the eighties and realize that you can't see yourself in them anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, or these books. Then nobody looks like you. No one looks like you. You know, one's hair feels like you. Or is like there was know, not these, a like, black girl in Sweet Valley High. Not I know, one. and I read them all, <laughs> and I love all them. of them. Yeah, all oh, of them. I was all, all of into them. Sweet Valley. All High. about Elizabeth Middle and School her High. I love the saga sister. where they went back through the generations. <laughs> that saga. Ooh, I love that one. Is one of my favorites. Oh, you know, zero uh, percent anybody who looked like us. No, yeah, and, and so I just like us to be able, like people, to. I don't want to be like famous, you know. Um, no. I just want people mm, to totally care really. about what we're doing because we're doing it because we think it's important. And honestly, like if I could finally sit down and have the time to like write a book or short stories or whatever, like that would ultimately or poetry because I was a poet at heart. That would ultimately be the goal. And I think just like professionally, um, I I just started my job, so I'm not going to say that I'm ready to leave it because I do really love it. <laughs> I've only been there two years, and it's really fun, and I get to like shape and influence. Um, how jazz is represented and portrayed, which is really important to me because lots of my friends are jazz musicians and I've come up, like I got my education in music through them and through filming them and going on tour and like working with them. Um, so I like that, but I think um, apart from like maybe wanting to win Pulitzers or Sundance awards for the work that we're putting out there, um, I really love color grading. And color grading is basically the mixing of the film world where you get to like influence moods and set scenes based on the colors in a video because it can totally change the vibe. And I am like, so it's so fascinating. Um, It's so fascinating. And it's something that people don't even realize is impacting. Just like that you might not realize the score is like dictating your mood or your reactions to something. The colors also do. And um, yeah, I've took a couple, I've taken a couple courses and I need to take the test to get certified. But yeah, like after after I finish here, whatever I feel like I left my mark and I'm ready to move on, that might be the next move for me. That's dope. You know what? I never thought about that, but it's true though. Like certain mm-hmm. things, like I when I think of how the color grading happened, I think of like Belly, which is a terrible movie. And I finally saw it for the first time last mm-hmm. year, but it was beautiful to look at. Same yeah. thing with like Queen and Slim. Piece of shit. Beautiful. I seen that. Gorgeous. The soundtrack is it's- good soundtrack is great don't bother yeah. um beautiful 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 to look at movie but, you know, because you know they don't know how to film black skin properly i mean don't get me started on that that is a whole topic man look <laughs> um and i'm not even a person it's just like filming it, it's filming it's lighting them it's and like, like that's why i really basics. like nope because nope mm, got it right but we know I why nope got it right. yet 
Uh, oh, that's a good one. That's mm-hmm. a good one. I like it. I think it's on streaming now. It is. I think you got to throw like 20 balls on it, I think. Um, no, it might be less now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, beautiful, beautifully shot. I, I thought that movie was really well done. People were beefing about it, but I think they were expecting something that it wasn't. Yeah, but I, I like so that too. it wasn't expected. That's what I liked about yeah, it. Yeah, that I really enjoyed it. Like I think they marketed it as as comedy when it was sci-fi. No, it was absolutely yeah. sci-fi. Abs- I agree with that. But whenever somebody black is doing something, it's always suddenly a comedy. Because Get Out was not a fucking comedy. <laughs> no, it was not. That was <laughs> that was horror at its that was finest. a fucking horror <laughs> flick. Okay. That oh my everyday God. horror. And the thing about about um get out that made it so horrifying is something that could happen like i always say if they ever figure out how we stay young we're dead we're all dead yeah oh man (laughs) they will suck our essence literally wear your skin (laughs) yes they will like last year's versace Mm. so yes awful yeah i don't know i want to do lots of things you know like if i had to like think about i want to learn to play i have a guitar in my room that's been collecting dust since my cousin gave it to me oh my gosh hey um you know, I I just yeah. I want it to whatever I end up doing, it's gotta involve music and words and maybe food. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I also yeah, I was gonna say the other thing is I love hosting parties. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You're Tanya very good event at planner that. extraordinary. Yeah. Oh my god. You're I really good at love that. planning events and listen, don't let me hear you say that together. shit. I'm turning fifty soon. I'll be like, so oh, listen, you I just have put, put me on it, Max. Put me on it. Because I will because yes. I like you it tell simple. me your budget and say less i will go in i mean for my baby's first birthday party i made a baby step and repeat you know what i mean like (laughs) (laughs) and And she orchestrated my big birthday that just happened i did nikki's birthday i planned three events for her her big birthday i'm leo i'm extra of course and i mean we're still celebrating so so. i see i see i'm a leo too so i understand I'm a Sagittarian, so you know the fucking vibes. (laughs) You you know the vibes. Yeah, Um, Um, yeah, I probably will do multiple events because that's what you as you should. Offline, please talk to me about it because I absolutely love it. I love planning menus. Oh, another thing, another thing I I think is really cool. Um, the thing that I think would be really cool as far as with our podcast is to host like full on events, like not just trivia, but like like food mm, pairings and shit. Right? Can you imagine we have a trivia dinner? Oh, I'd be fucking into that. That's how we started even doing trivia. Remember, I had a dinner. I had a Game of Thrones dinner, and I made food from the Game of Thrones cookbook, Mm -hmm. and we did trivia before the before the show started like we had I everyone come early that yeah and i was like oh my god we should keep doing this it was so yeah. fun and i did i did all this like seven months pregnant too Holy yeah shit. like it and i enjoyed and, and, it so much and i I'm think it like it. it came from a need for like to feed our trivia brains because we went on we went to game of thrones trivia we went to a random trivia they did game of thrones and we got like third place because it's like all like general trivia but like their answers were wrong so they they gave an answer and it was wrong we both knew it was wrong and we were and like we were pissed and we're like no 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 and then we was like you know maybe we should just do this ourselves and mm-hmm. we did the scavenger hunt which is really cool i'd like to do more scavenger hunts because that's really mm-hmm. fun especially in the city really fun. um and it's just, you know, it's an opportunity for people, like just nerds and nerds of color to come together and do so. It's obviously, we're like, it's open, we're open to everybody. We want everybody to come and enjoy it. But I can tell you that 
out of all the Game of Thrones trivia that I've ever seen or, or participated in or the questions I've answered because we write our own questions. We don't steal mm-hmm. our questions from other places. We do nice. the research and we write our own questions. Ours is the hardest Game of Thrones trivia I've ever it seen. Is. <laughs> Especially for a light bitch like myself. Like I remember when we had the Zoom one and I was in with the hardcore people in the breakout room. I was like, babes, don't mm-hmm. ask me anything. I've only watched the show and I don't know anyone's names. So please don't yeah. ask me we anything. Have- <laughs> we had a guy once join and boast about how he's won first place in all these game of thrones trivias and then he quit during the first round ah, yeah. ah that's what you get yeah like we take it like we, we it's just like we have such love for it and respect for it you know and if you're willing to come down that wormhole to westeros <laughs> with us we're gonna take you there and you're going yeah. we're gonna make sure that you know what you're talking about and now, it's so fun and now we're it breaking out to other things like she had mentioned we we were doing wheel of time and i think that show was amazing and really i'm just good. i'm starting to read the i did the books. not watch um wheel of time it's good it's really really good it's it is okay. it's well done and I, and i say that as someone who was kind of excited for lord of the rings and then just gave up in the fourth episode because i was like yeah that's about where i stopped too this is dragging i haven't even watched it yet uh, it was so I, dry it just like it's just it, like it it had high aspirations and it could i think that maybe eventually i'll go back to it and give it another chance but i didn't read any of the wheel well that's not true i read three pages of wheel of time maybe three days before the book came out the show came out i was like i don't have enough time to read all 15 <laughs> books what am i doing um but i will eventually get to them but even if you don't have even if you haven't read the books it's just the show is just beautiful the acting is fantastic the okay. world is amazing like absolutely. And that one's on amazon right mm-hmm. yes okay yes i think so the I, husband love- was watching it but I, I would I love to see us. I would love to see us because you know get into other big fantasy things like uh, Stormlight Archive. <gasps> I don't know what that it's is. It's a series. It's a series that we are it's both my obsessed with. Favorite. And it's it's a lot of pages. It's oh, a lot shit. of pages. We're talking thousands. It's oh, put it shit. this way. There was this guy on Instagram who was talking about, he was like doing word counts of like books. And he was like, oh, I brought like, you know, like classics, like A Tale of Two Cities and that kind of stuff. And he mm-hmm. was, and I was like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> oh, my fear, Stormlight Archive. It's like 60,000 words or something in the Bloody first. Hell. And I was just like, yeah. But it's the most beautiful. Like I always say, shout out to Brandon Sanderson. You are my therapist because he has helped me through the times of my life that have been turbulent and dramatic and out of depressions because it's just the characters Mm. are so relatable and their struggles are so real and just like I have a big love and respect for people who can like world builders like N.K. Jemisin or George Mm -hmm. R.R. Martin or Neil Mm -hmm. Gaiman who are able to like not only create this world for you to read but then give you the backstory that's why yeah, George I love is that. so amazing right he's got the histories like in the fire and blood or rise of the dragon yeah. like all everything that he's doing the planets and worlds that he's creating they have cultures and they've got traditions and ooh, yeah like, and like the the, the, the world like you said it's a world building like what's her name who's who, she who who we can't we can't uh, say uh, her name. many mm-hmm. four or four yeah yeah no yeah. the other one oh the other one who ruined Joanne. her? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Her, we, her. she who must not be named like Voldemort. Yeah. Um, she, you know, I went to a, a like a um, like an installation type of thing that they did. I think at one of the museums about how she built that world, and it was so detailed and mm. so amazing. I did not read the books. I saw all the movies. Oh, there you should read them too. They're really good. I have all of those too. Have I read them? No, I have not. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to come to your house and just sit you down and sit in front of you while you read. (laughs) No, we'll take turns reading to you. (laughs) Oh, there you go. There you go. I will feed you and and have the snacks because mama's not cooking and we'll get people to deliver things. Um, But uh, yeah, but the way that she built that world was Mm -hmm. so impressive. And I was like, wow, you're you're a roach though. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is like, like the, her, that world is really interesting and cool, but like, it's got nothing on the Cosmere or like West, or, you know, a song of ice of fire because like, you know, the histories and like the different plant, like for example, um, Brandon Sanderson, he's got the Cosmere and there's different planets within the system and all the stories are taking place on the different planets. And somehow they're finding, we're finding out that they're actually all connected because they're a world jumper. It's amazing. And I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, we should talk about 30 Tuesdays. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, okay, I saw so, that. Yeah. So even though we started off with Game of Thrones and we were a Game of Thrones podcast, we obviously read lots of other things. And mm-hmm. so we want to talk about those things. And we can't always commit to doing a week by week of every show that we watch or every yeah. book that we read. We can't mm-hmm. do it for all of it because we do have That's lives a lot. and families. Yeah, you and got things to, to take do. Care of. But we are not just Game of Thrones. We read so much stuff and we watch so much stuff. And so we started thinking about a way to talk about the other things that we read and watch without having to commit to doing an episode by episode breakdown like we do for the other shows that we've covered. Um, Nikki had told me about a time where they would have 40 Tuesdays and they'd get together and drink 40s. and And I was like, and I was like, I don't like malt liquor, so I can't drink a 40, but I'll do 32 ounces of Guinness because, you know, they have those big 32-ounce uh, mm-hmm. bottles. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, we should just do 30 Tuesdays. So then we're doing 30 like Tuesdays because we're too grown for 40s and, and, you know, it is a school night. It is a school night. So it we'll be talking about night. other things. Our first one, we're, we're going to do a House of the Dragon recap with some of, of, with some of our friends, but mm-hmm. then we can talk about whatever because it's like the things that fall outside of book club. Like Stormlight Archive would love to do as a book club, but there's five books and they're all thousands of, like, you know, at thousands. least 1,300 like 1, 1, pages each. Like yeah, at least the first shit. one is like 1,300 pages and then they get bigger right? Oh, yeah. This one that's coming out is going to be the biggest one. Oh, and no. so we can't, we can't really do that because like, where do you start with a book that big? If right. people get confused about Game of Thrones and like the name, like the list of characters that you have within the Listen, first season. You know how different, like, how many like different that. ways I spelled and said Rhaenyra on Twitter, <laughs> what I was talking about? I mean, Rhaenyra, Rhaenys, and Raina. Right. It's like, yes. it's hard to keep them all apart, like together. So I can't yeah. even imagine reading a 1500 page book and try to uh, keep all those, all of those it's characters such so together. beautiful. So now I'm really but excited yeah. that we'll finally now have a place to it. talk about those things. You should, you should. It's so it. good. Just okay. so you have good. to just commit the time. Yeah, just, okay. just like get, get, like or just years. listen to an audiobook. Because I listen to like if you're not in, if you can't like read it, but like you want to listen to the audio, like listen to the audiobook. It's really good. The audiobooks it's so are good. really well done. Yeah, they're, okay. it's by a husband and wife pair who like alternate chapters, and oh, it's wow. just oh. Because the thing with me with audiobooks, it feels like I'm not really reading. You know what I mean? Like I, I mm-hmm. could just listen to a podcast for that. So like I'll probably try to read it. Like I'm yeah. says the girl who still has not finished but the you first know what? book, y'all. Don't but know. I will tell you that I think that that Brandon Sanderson and the first book of the Stormlight Archive is called The Way of Kings. Is that it's it, it's easier to digest, right? You're not like not the world right doesn't the world feels different, but it doesn't feel mi- maybe as like medieval as mm-hmm. Game of Thrones does. You know, I don't think that you need to be as like have as deep a love for like old English and that kind of stuff. I feel like it's really accessible, even if you don't, you know, 
Got you. You're not Got like, you. yeah, it's not as hard. It's definitely not as hard to read as Game of Thrones. You're not going to get three pages or seven pages of the feast. Oh Lord, <laughs> right. <have> mercy, right? <laughs> it's not indulgent in that way, but um, still, but just yeah, excellent. So for Thirty Tuesdays, we're looking into just other TV shows, movies, books. You know, maybe okay. we'll do some MCU. Maybe I'm into you know, that. We're thinking about. Have we all seen Empire. Black Panther? Too? I saw it yesterday. I I, I saw it on yet. I saw it on um Friday. Wore me out, man. Yeah, I was so dehydrated. <laughs> like it was me mostly bat like trying to hold my thug because i i was very certain that if i started crying in there i was yeah, going no. to douse my mask I, and my just mask, be completely bereft and unable to do anything my mask was so wet that i had to just take it off mm. and there was a child watching it two seats down for me weeping openly Aww. weeping and so of course that broke my heart too yeah. yeah I could he, like I could he had like <sighs> body racking sobs oh like, and I could hear him he was little like I don't know maybe like, I'm gonna have to time that so. properly yeah I'll look at my calendar and be like when am I least likely yeah. to cry all night over you this will movie. cry anyway because <laughs> even like thinking about it I, I don't like to like like linger too much on it thought thinking mm -hmm. about it because I will start crying yeah it, yeah you definitely but, um, need to hydrate for that one but yeah. you'd be a great guest for Thirty Tuesdays, Max. You know, mm -hmm. you tell us tell us what you're into, and yeah, okay. yeah. But Thirty Tuesdays, whatever beer you like, and we'll talk about what, it. Yeah, beer. If, um, I mean, that's also a bottle of wine, yeah. depending on the size of the bottle. So if if beer is not your thing, we do oh, not encourage you to thing. do thirty two ounces right of rum or anything else. But if oh, that's no. what you choose, remember you will be live on YouTube, so that is on you. Ah! Yes, this is a this is a live stream. Thirty two. Oh, honey, is a I'll live do stream. it. I'll do it. Um, I'll so that me. we can just, you know, we're not going to put it on the actual podcast. It's we'll just sit around and talk about The Office. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, we're, that's down, down. I already, yeah. yeah. We can, you know, talk, we can talk about that. We can literally pick that. an episode of The Office and watch it and just talk Dinner about it. Dinner party episode. That's a good episode. <laughs> that's a great episode. Yeah. So, I think the I other thing I would like to do for our podcast too is like, as like we like we are a small but mighty podcast there are other game of thrones podcasts within this world that are much more popular than us but i would like us to get to a place where we can interview like ramin javadi javadi who did the music oh. for game of thrones oh and just like some of these like the people who are like kind of behind the scenes making the show happen because we all know about the actors but like of i'm course. behind the scenes right right I, like we're like we're in tech we're behind really the that's scenes. the most we're, interesting and stuff it's just really like, like knowing that that the the man who did the snow for the light like that was all pieces of paper it was that oh, wasn't wow. snow. that was little pieces of paper and his job was to make sure that it was covered with tiny pieces hello like i interviewed someone yesterday and they said and i agreed with them that the most interesting thing about season eight was that ending documentary about the oh world yeah and how they created it that you was yeah. watch that thing. oh my oh, god it's you so should watch good it. so you should good. watch my heart, it my heart was just so broken that i every it'll, time i started it you. i couldn't do it and i it'll, completely it'll heal you I, it'll I agree heal you. it will because it's so out good to the people who are in the credits you know like always which is why i was so annoyed with how sloppy they were at the ending because those people worked super hard on that shit yeah, and it was yeah, like y'all was so busy trying to get to the next thing not knowing what the fuck you were doing, it turned out when you didn't have any more story to tell, you had to make mm -hmm. it up yourselves. You shit the bed completely and like kind of, you know, fumbled those people's work because Absolutely. they all worked really hard for that. You I know? feel like they yeah. could have really called in anybody who was like an expert. Like, okay, if it's not going to be George, like where would you extrapolate this going to? Because right. anyone who really they lives in that world Brandon would have been Sanderson. Like, oh, they could have called Brandon Sanderson. Because 
that man apparently has 94 hours in a day because <laughs> I don't know how he gets all this writing done, but apparently it's, it's crazy. Got ex- you know, and so he's somebody I feel like because, you know, he finished the Wheel of Time series for Robert Jordan. Robert Jordan passed away while mm. writing The End. And um, Brand, uh, Robert Jordan's wife chose Brandon Sanderson to finish it because she liked his writing. Mm-hmm. And he took the notes and made three more books to finish out Holy the story. Shit. And people love them. I haven't read. I have those three books somebody was throwing them out and it's like the first edition hardcovers and i was oh my like god it's like why throwing out books first of, of all throwing out books i mm-hmm. like really even books that i'm not going to read i'm not giving them away and i'm not exactly throwing them out. they're yeah. on my floor instead of on my bookshelf but they're still sure. here i mean right. they're piled in front of my bookshelf instead of like actually in the bookshelf because i've run out of space but my still. apartment is a is just stacks of books that i put things on so I'm at, yeah. I'm so far past my bookshelf. Which is why I had to start doing ebooks and I read things on yeah, my yeah, iPad now yeah. because I ran but, out of um, space. I couldn't do yeah, it Yeah, that's why I am too. I was like, I can't wait to have a house with a library. Yeah. Like I have I a house with a library in it, but I completely filled the damn thing. <laughs> I look forward to doing that. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Shout out to fantasy and fantasy writers and those True. epic people because, True whoa. Story. Like, what a mind Brandon you Sanderson, have to have. He wrote, he wrote four books. During, like he wrote four additional books during quarantine on Shit. top of the books that he was already writing like i don't know i like That's tanya's I always like has... how is this how, like how does his wife get along with him like how do these families see him his kickstarter basically he dropped a kickstarter for the four for these four secret novels right. it's the most so successful just kickstarter in kickstarter them. history it raised holy 44 shit. million dollars holy shit yeah but you That's... know what's great though? He raised near, nearly fifty million dollars when he was only asking for what, like it was a million, like a million dollars for distribution. Yeah. Holy shit! And he gave his team bonuses, and then he went through Kickstarter, like writer Kickstarter, and bought the top tier of everyone's Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. I love that. You know, like it's so amazing. it's spreading the wealth. He could have taken that fifty mil and just ran off into he the sure could have. Because I know Rochi McGee, who wrote them Wizarding books, would have done that. Oh, absolutely. Because she's trash. Absolutely. She is a garbage, but, garbage human. But yeah, so I guess my point was, we are more than Game of Thrones. We're fantasy. We're speculative fiction. Period. That's so it. Bring on the horror. Bring on the sci-fi. Bring on the fantasy, bring on all of the world building, movies, mm-hmm. TV, books, like we're in it. And I love that. We just want to talk about it. And growing up, we both were looking for people who look like us to talk about it. And one of the things that stood out to me with um the end of Game of Thrones was the clear racial divide and whether or not Danny was mad. <laughs> because one of the examples people used was her murdering the slave owners and how she mm-hmm. went about it, murdering the masters as they called it. Mm-hmm. And there was a clear racial divide. Sure mm-hmm. was. Because we, we were like, or not that good. made her crazy. Yeah. No. Right. I, right. I am on the side of no. <laughs> and so to have a perspective yeah. that isn't white, isn't male, Mm-hmm. it's so refreshing and people tell and us necessary that. Mm-hmm. and yeah, necessary people tell us because that. they they really suck all the air out of the room especially when they when a woman comes in with more knowledge because she has because she's actually doesn't have to be mediocre with it she needs to know what she's talking about right because there's always going to be some dodo oh, trying to I challenge her i don't talk about a song of ice and fire on twitter anymore because i've seen how it goes you mm-hmm. know i follow some people who are 
I mean, extremely knowledgeable about that world. And I watch how people, like black women who are extremely knowledgeable, and I watch how largely white men of course shout them down yeah and, and it tell me their top five books like shut it, the fuck I mean, up it's loser. to the point that it turns into harassment mm-hmm. of course so because it's a thing that. of them believing that you don't belong in this space right the right. fantasy and is not for us it, it, it is fantasy it's like how people it's were fantasy. wilding like how yeah. people were wilding about the elf being black how they were right. black like we can have black elves, elves but black yeah. people existing is a bridge too far well, the future so, ain't supposed to have no black people in it. Fantasy right. ain't supposed to have no. The whole beauty of it is never having to deal with blackness in yeah. those right. places because that's that not they part created. of their fantasy. Correct. And Crazy so times and for for us, it's like I've had people comment and stuff that they were just mm-hmm. happy to see two black women yeah. talking about these things because growing up we didn't have I didn't have anybody to Me talk neither. about this shit with. No one. I, I was told Tanya. That like I was the I'm like I'm the nerd in my family. I like fantasy. I like sci-fi. I like all those things. I had to wait thirty something years for my nephew to be born before somebody went to the movies to see Star Wars with me. Oh, <laughs> because they're like I mean I love them, but they're sports people and they're athletes, right. and right. it's just not it's not their cup of tea at all. Um, right. So it was really refreshing to me. Tanya was like, "Wait a second, we've read a lot of the same books. We like mm-hmm. a lot." Of, and she caught me like right as I was starting to read again. Because shout out to my friend Adam Hardman who gave me this book, um, "The Shadow of the Wind," and I hadn't read in years. Mm. And I picked up that book, and I was like, just like that, I was back. It's like muscle memory. <laughs> uh, yeah. Some so of great. my some of my friends that I've known since middle school, high school are like, I had no idea you were into this stuff. And I'm like, well, you weren't into it. So why in the world would I have been talking about it? You know, exactly. yeah. this was this was my alone thing because like Nikki, my family, they're not they're barely readers, much less into fantasy. Right. So I was definitely alone in that. And for me, you know, what started for me was Goosebumps, R.L. Stein. Mm, read all those, too. Yes. I, and I, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a little too is... old for that, for those books. But I did watch the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I grew up reading goosebumps and that was like my intro to fantasy which I, without me realizing what that fantasy right was right genre yeah. as well was its own genre and so I think for us to have each other to talk about these things with and also for other people who comment on our YouTube and you know send us messages and things like that even though we are very small people are engaged and I mm-hmm. think that we are impactful for the people who are looking for what we offer absolutely because they're yeah. out there they're out there absolutely. they're not the majority right but they're out there and that's the thing about us though like we're always going to look for ourselves in certain places mm-hmm. like whatever it is whether it's an online community or it's an actual physical place like in your colleges your universities mm-hmm. your jobs you look for the other person across the room whenever you walk in you right. kind of look for mm-hmm. yourself and sometimes you know like when I worked in finance I would walk into the room and be like just me just me that's I mean that's has been like on like almost every video shoot I've ever been on and then have someone to be like oh so who's in charge uh I am correct <laughs> right it is one I of, who is leading one of this my endeavor. Um, one of my closest friends her name's Sarah but not the Sarah you know Max it's another Sarah okay. I met her because we were in law school together I walked into a room and saw one other black woman and immediately was like okay I'm just gonna sit at that table I'm not gonna make it weird at the same because you know it was like tables of two so I sat down at the table and I'm like hi I'm Tanya and I you know I'm a very very awkward and anxious person 
and she happened to be my brand of weird and we have been friends ever since mm-hmm. and so yeah we we look for ourselves we yeah, do we, we always do it's we have so re- to it's so refreshing and it's just it's really empowering because i don't know that before Tan before talking to you tanya about any of the stuff that i would have been even brave enough to be like oh i'm going to be a podcast or i'm going to be on a live stream i don't want people like no i'm going to be shriveled no. in this corner over here hiding with my book like i like tanya because if you go to the show I'm like oh are you reading like yeah there's a concert <laughs> happening and she's reading or it's like people would come up to me like between like i'm filming like at winter jazz fest where i have like seven gigs in a row but this is not the one i'm filming i'm not talking to people i'm in the quiet corner sitting down on the floor reading a book because i don't want to be bothered and it's like not that it's not my scene because it is but like it i need to i need to recharge yeah. my soul absolutely and that's the way to do it like that was always my thing too like i would go to events like family functions and stuff knowing mm-hmm. that i didn't want to do what all else everybody else is doing so i'd pull my book out and sit in the corner and mm-hmm. you know read whatever danielle still thing that i shouldn't have yeah. been reading oh or yeah lots of those. whatever jackie collins i would get <laughs> on to somebody's jackie collins um yeah a podcast for that though but, i was just um, talking to tanya about vc andrews and all the problems oh, yeah. they're they're in but if you ever want to talk about that we should do that for 32 days actually i would like that uh, I flowers read, in the attic did i, I haven't yeah. read that in years i should oh. read that again read it i was telling her about flower uh, flower like flowers of the attic and all the books that came after but what my favorite one is actually the prequel which mm. is uh da, 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 gardens oh no shit I can't remember, but there's read the prequel because it's about the grand, the mother and the grandmother and like how mm. she came to be a Foxworth in her story. And whoo. Okay. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's yes, a lot. Yes. I need to make more time for reading because I was an avid, avid reader and I always side-eyed people who didn't read regularly. And now mm. I am a people who doesn't read regularly. I read, but like, you know, like articles, magazines, yeah. blah, 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 blah. But like straight up sitting down, putting on some good music and putting a, a book into the mix. I, I can't remember, I think maybe yeah. maybe a year ago for like a book that was like thin and I could sit, read it in one sitting. Well, but we I were haven't. in a book don't together, be... remember? Yeah, we were. That's we right. Were when, we read a, when we read American Marriage. Yes. That I didn't like. Yes. I was an outlier yeah, in that it was way. Okay. It was okay. I feel right. like if to, not necessarily, like I would like to romance my book reading time and like play it with the wine and the music and like my fake candles and stuff, but I don't always have time for that. So it's just right. like, it's me and my Kindle before I go to sleep. And if it's 10 minutes, then I'll read for 10 minutes. If it's Brandon Sanderson, it's one, it wants to be 10 minutes. And it turns into an hour and a half. Of course. Usually, um, especially if you get into like Sanderlanch territory, which is a whole other thing. But like, I try to just like make it the last thing that I'm doing before I go to bed. It's like, I just, it's time for me. I'm in my bed. I'm reading my Kindle. I need to start doing that again. Cause I'm screwing around in bed, not sleeping anyhow. So I might, yeah, as, well right. might as well through your phone. Right. What's, what's kind of cute is when I get in bed with a physical book, um, my son gets in bed with me too, with his physical book. Aww. And when I'm reading, he's watching me cause he can't really read yet. He's learning to sight read, but you know, he's not there yet. So when I'm reading, he watches me. And when I turn my page, he turns his page. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's so cute. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I hope that I'm built. He has a library. He has so many books that they're overflowing. And Brian gets on my ass about it. He's like, stop bringing home books. I can't <laughs> help myself. He just got his first library card. Aww. And I'm that like I did for my niece, giving her books that have people that look like her and mm-hmm. people that she feels she can relate to and now her friends are reading them too I'm mm-hmm. hoping to do that for my sons I want them to be readers and yeah you know they're coming up in a completely different world than I came up in and so yeah. 
this stuff is out there and by the time they're like real readers it'll be out there even more and so I'm hoping to build readers out of them and let them know you can like you can play football and still want to watch Lord of the Rings. There's nothing else. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just and the thing about it is, is like exclusive. It's again with the roles and the things that you're supposed to right, want to do, right? right? If I you're an athlete, athlete, you're not a reader. Like you're not supposed to be wanting to right. play football mm-hmm. and read fantasy books or vampire books right. in my case, which count. Oof, as, yes. Which count. They count. They do. Um, they count. There was there was a period where I would where like um like most people I, those those um those twilight books had me in a chokehold at my big age. And, <laughs> and then I started reading the thirst books, the Christopher Rice books. I um, yeah. The, Cause Anne Rice's son writes as well. And he had a mm-hmm. whole bunch of books in this like thick fucking books that I mean, I don't even know if I ever finished the first one. I write that down. Didn't. Yeah. Like they're all like thirst one, thirst two, thirst three giant fucking hulking ass books, but they were Love good. It. Yeah, but they were good, and I used to read those. Like there was a big vampire situation. <laughs> I love the vampire situation. Me and my sister were just talking about Stefan and Damien earlier, and just like how they're getting better with age. And also, <laughs> shout out to the new uh, interview with the vampire with it's Grey Worm. So as the lead. good. I told so, Tanya I didn't even realize it was Grey Worm until somebody told me that. It was and me I was who like, told you. Tanya told me, and I was like, yeah. "What Grey Worm?" I was like, "Oh, that's huh. the most." The most speaking we've ever heard him do. Yes, and he's like doing more than one facial expression. You know, it's just like it is. He's got like, different hair. Uh, my well, sister you know, just started watching it. She's five minutes in. She's like, "Oh my god, this is so good." I was like, "I but told you." Again, I only though, got like ten minutes in because of my enough. kids. I only oh, got about ten oof. minutes in, so I I can't even say. But I know that Kojo wanted to talk about it with us for Thirty Tuesdays. So if you Ooh. watch it too, maybe you and Kojo should come on. Ooh, be our guests for interviewing the vampire. that because I read the books back in the day. Mm-hmm, and me too. From the books, I'm sorry. The movie was uh, Lestat wasn't sexy enough. On the show, Lestat is still not sexy enough, but close. But close. <laughs> but he's Lewis, like he's he's. He's European sexy in a way that you're like, oh, I don't know if he you'll probably make doesn't me a slave. Right. <laughs> right. But maybe doesn't babe. I might still go down on you. Like, it's a weird dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. might be a pleasure situation, but it might also be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I like that sense of danger about him. I feel like yeah. the actor who's acting him out is like, is really He's got that, that down. And you, and it's something that you miss. Like, if you read the books, like, you kind of miss that tension and the show is nailing it so Tanya yeah like then, I don't it. think it was so implicit yeah, I, with the homosexuality bent yeah. in the books I feel like it wasn't that implicit I, yeah. it was there but I don't feel like it was like like yeah. how it is on the show and they yeah. in the movie I, they skirted around it completely you're like oh whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah but I like it the movie I've only seen the movie I have not read the books um but I do want to watch the show and I watched it's, the first 10 minutes of the first episode so before good. my children interrupted it's me beautifully done and beautiful to um, look at and I want to go to New Orleans again I was um, just there so I was just I was watching it. I was like oh my god I know exactly <laughs> it was, uh, I definitely want to go back and do it properly because I was at a conference and I didn't do enough of what mm. I wanted, what you should be doing, which yeah. is eating all the food and getting drunk. I um, ate all the food. I did eat a good amount of food, but just like I had to be in meetings, so I didn't really. Well, like... it's good. I was. I told Tanya that it is a heavy burden and responsibility having sole custody of the melanin on your trip to New Orleans. So I would really like. Maybe to that's do what it I again. should do for my big birthday. I mean, I'm down. 
I, I, I'm also down, actually. <laughs> I mean, we can all think about doing that for mine. Oh, did you see my Christmas invite? I did not. Okay, check your email. Okay, mm. I will. Well, let's go back to the questions because we've been doing other things. And other <laughs> things. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So for the fourth question, what advice would you give to people interested in doing what you do, either professionally or also with the pod? Or both, or one, or the other. Don't listen to what anybody else tells you about it. Just do it because you love it. Right on. No one is going to support you. They're not going to believe that it's real. They're not going to believe that it's going to go anywhere. They're going to think that you're wasting your time and your money and your life. But if it makes you happy, don't tell anybody and do it anyway. Right on. Yeah. I mean, I guess along those lines, also don't look for support from the, from the mm-hmm. people, you know, necessarily because they might not be into the same things. Yeah. So don't lean onto, well, my best friend doesn't listen to my podcast. Like, well, does your best friend even like the subject you're talking about? Right. You know, find something you like to talk about. You have to actually like to talk about it. Like we only cover stuff that we both like to talk about. Mm-hmm. We don't do you know, a show that one of us likes or a book that just one of us likes, which we yeah. find, what is it that we both like? And we just want to talk to, just talk about just naturally. <laughs> so. We're very democratic about the process. Like if Tanya read it and I'm not really into it or she read it and she's not really, like, we're not going to do it. Or right. even it just like, for example, when we were, we realized like we both had panic, like, oh my God, we're hosting Game of Thrones trivia and we haven't rewatched the show because of, you know, the tragedy of the end. And we're like, oh, shit, we need to refresh our memories. All right, well, what do we, we can't watch it all. So we played war online <laughs> to figure out who was going to watch which season to just be like, up to date on it. And it was like the best decision making process ever. It was One so thing fun. that I will say that um, HBO Max did where they broke out the key episodes, mm-hmm. which I thought was very cool to do. Yes. Key episodes for each season, which yeah. I thought was cool right before House of the Dragon premiered, yeah. which I thought was super helpful, which I did watch some of them. And then mm-hmm. some of them was like, Jesus Christ, I said do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to do. It, I mean, it's hard to do anything that you love without the support, but you have to do it anyway. Like right, I got right. to the point where I just stopped telling people what I was doing. I stopped. My family's like, oh, you do something in music. Are you a music producer? I'm like, no, that's not actually what I do. But okay, if that's what you think it is and fine, you know, like I'm not, I'm never going to be ex- be able to explain it. I'm never going to be able to explain like why it is that it makes it happy. Why I like know the history of Westeros better than maybe other actual American real history. histories, <laughs> you know, um, but it, that's okay. It's okay. If it like, if it makes you happy, then do it. Just it's do not, it. Just do it. Nobody takes me seriously. And They're really, like, you I went to always... law school to have a podcast. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, oh, you know, I got to do something with my free time. You exactly. Know? And I got to do might... something that I just is just for me. Correct. Exactly. My degree is in psychology, creative writing, and military history. What was I going to do with that? I love, like, I love St. John's. Guy. You know, and I just, like, I love every second of, I love St. John's. It's a great school. Shout out to the other schools that helped me get to there because I don't I mean I like them so much. But, you know, it's like, it wasn't, it wasn't just about doing the podcast. It was about reconnecting with who I was and the things that made me happy and like finding my voice again. And if it helps you do that, then do it. Right I mean, on. the main reason we turned it into a podcast is because we were meeting up in Midtown at Bryant Park and just talking about Game yeah. of Thrones because it was Nikki's first read of it. Mm. And so I just wanted to know what she thought. And I loved those books. I had already read them twice at that point, I think. 
And so we were meeting up and just talking about it. And I was like, I bet you somebody else would want to. And then, you know, of course, remember, we started the book club online and that Mm -hmm. didn't work out. But I'm like, (laughs) we have we have stuff to say. We both listen to other Game of Thrones podcasts. But we're funny. True. Which I didn't we like. We so like charming. we knew we were funny. Like I, it's true. I put it this way. I can't, I don't like I listen to other people's podcasts, but I actually do enjoy listening to our podcast, even though I was there when it was recorded. You know, right. I like go sometimes back and I'll I listen, listen to old episodes and crack up myself. And it just like, it's always unexpected. And I told Tanya, like, I can't listen to our podcast before I go to bed because I will stay up until it's over. And I will like yeah. it's just totally distracting because it, we do have a lot of fun and it's always yeah. I'm like I can't believe that's what we said. And also, and like, like so, if you so, don't love what it is you're doing for yourself, then what's the fucking point? If right. you can't enjoy it, then what's the yeah. point? Since like I there were some the episodes audio... where I was like, "Boy, I was talking too much. I'm not listening to this one again." <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was gonna say since I edit the audio, I don't really go back and listen to our episodes because I'm mm. listening to things over and over again while I edit. But mm. I will say that there have been times where I'm editing and I just bust out laughing and yeah. Brian's look and I'm in headphones when I edit <laughs> right Brian's looking at me like what is so funny and I'm like I didn't even realize Nikki said that you know <laughs> that Driftmark gets her panties wet or something like that you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like I'll be like wow I completely somehow missed that while she was talking to me and so I enjoy part of the enjoyment of me editing it is listening to it again and being because mm-hmm. like, you know you kind of forget everything you said. Yeah, you don't, that's true. You don't have a scripted it's podcast. Like, yeah, yeah. Neither do I. I literally yeah. just write the write the intro. I've already got the questions, and I just ask, and then it flows. And that's yeah. It. And and I think that's a great way to do it. And that's yeah. how yeah. true. Do it. And, 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 and when it's a really, really the great tell. joy. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say it's a great joy of recording with because like Tanya is maybe the funniest person I've ever met true you know? story and you know a how menace. people say that women aren't funny or whatever like it's bullshit because tanya is hilarious uh, and like i watched like, her on it, facebook like, without and Twitter, trying just like, she's ridiculous Whoa. b like a straight <laughs> yeah. up menace and when, and when she commits to something babes oh she yeah commits. oh yeah <laughs> max is in the group that i've been trolling for two years with holy shit oh yeah and it's like, God damn it, pack your things and get out of here. I love <laughs> it. Know? I just like, I supply Tanya with things to share in the group. Good <laughs> job. <laughs> so you're part of the problem. Damn you. He's part of the problem. The funny I'm a thing silent is, investor. The <laughs> funny thing is, it's like, for the most part, things are just hinted at and everybody has to just kind of get where my mind is in order to get it. And they, mm-hmm. I'm like, they feel, they know what they saw. They know <laughs> yes. what they saw. And, and it's everybody like, else, they everybody's doing it. Now yeah, everybody hashtag post like Tanya, and then there's the group called "Somebody Please Stop Tanya," and, and then, then there's I- a the new hashtag. Damn it, Tanya. Damn it, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> no, I started a TikTok. I haven't really posted much to it. I started TikTok, and it, it TikTok and. My TikTok name is Stop It Tanya. <laughs> yes, it is. I think like I the at you. name is Stop It Tanya, and then the um my just name is Oh Tanya No. <laughs> yeah <laughs> amazing i think i started one but i think i posted like one thing because they, yeah, they're, they're very extra yeah. over there they're they're it's a, lot. a lot it's a lot I of have work two in, i have two in mind that i want to post i just haven't gotten around to it but i posted one video of me axe throwing because we kept talking about it yeah i'm surprisingly good at axe throwing. do you want to go surprised. i'll do it again i would I'll love do to again. do it you can again. go to live axe i have a coupon Oh, yes. fun. I think that's where I went. I had a good time. I was Great I was time. impressed. I feel like I'm ready for the apocalypse. You know what I'm saying? I got to like, say a shout out to Julia, who had a big birthday yesterday. But she's my one of my sister's besties. Tanya in the invitation said, wear closed toed shoes. So this bitch showed up in closed toed studded stilettos. 
It was throwing axes, making bullseyes. I was like, yo, I am a queen. Great. Truly. You know what? Shout out to her because yeah, she's a queen. I'm, I'm thinking people are going to wear sneakers and here she comes changing it to her studded. I love it. Little pumps. I love it. it. And wore... hitting bullseyes. And hitting yeah. bullseyes. So I you think know. I had like a one of those <laughs> bad bitch onion skirts. I mean, she wins. I, I yeah. came in there with like a t-shirt, like one of these sheer um onion onion skirts, onion cut and sewn mm. skirts, and um some leopard print uh Adidas on. I love and, it. And I was tossing the maxes, and at one point I hit the target with the handle of the axe. Wow. Buried it in there. I was like, look at me. All right. Yeah, wow. I, when I first started, I was throwing kind of hard. You remember I had to like wrestle my axe back out? Yeah. <laughs> she was like, stand to the side and pull it and rock it back. And I was like, I don't know if she's getting that one back. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, it took some time to get some of those hard. axes out of there. I was knocking yeah. it out. I was like, well, it's good to know I could bury this shit in somebody's head if I need to. It's so funny. <laughs> we have this group picture that I'll, that I'll just take a picture of and I'll show you. And it's just like, it's me. I'm like standing, I'm like holding two axes in front of like all my friends who came. And Tanya's like bent over to the side. I was like, Tanya, you look like if I was like no raping and pillaging and you were like, oops. <laughs> Getting your Damon on like, I'm I sorry. Pillaged a, I pillaged a little. I'm sorry. They were talking really? shit. So I, I had came to let them know late. what it was. <laughs> sorry, like, guys. I only, I only pillaged a little bit. You know, he was talking too so much chaotic. shit. I had to open his fucking throat. Sorry. I had to steal his chain. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. So for the fifth, <laughs> the fifth question. Um, what was the worst job you ever had? And I'll start with Nikki. Oh, geez. The worst job I ever had. I think there's two of them, but one was a summer hire job and it was like one of my first jobs. It was just boring. So it wasn't the worst. I think the worst job I ever had was the winter when I really needed money and I decided I was going to help people with their taxes oh, over in Crown Heights. And so I took a job off Craigslist and was helping people with their tax returns only to find out that they weren't telling people the exact amount of their returns so they could take $500 off of it and Holy put it in their shit. pockets as they were saying that their service was free and they'd give people like tablets or whatever. And it just got to the point that I was like, I can't do this. You guys are like, these are not people who are rich. You're robbing right. the neighborhood. Yeah. And they were taking 500 bucks out of their tax return and not telling like, oh no, well, that's just our fee. I was like, well, you should tell them your fee up front. And right. they're like, well, then they won't do it. They're like, no. And so they were, they were just they taking, do it. it was awful. That, that I think might be like, just like the more, like, and I've done lots of jobs and weird, like I've sold wedding dresses, I've waitressed, you know, and like, but I loved all those jobs, but that job was like, for me, the, I quit. I was like, once I found out that's where I did what they were doing, I left the key on the desk and I never came back. Cause I was just Good like, for no, you. I couldn't. Good for you, Tanya. Well, I told you about my worst job last time. So I'll yes. tell you about my second worst job. My okay. second worst job. When I, when I finished law school, I finished in a recession. There were not a lot of jobs and I took the bar exam and I passed. And when I, when I found out I passed, I still didn't have a job and it was like, shit, what am I going to do? I, I need to make these bills. So I got a job at this place that scanned the documents that you use that they send, then send to like law firms in order to put into programs to be reviewed by their attorneys. So literally my job was to show up between 4 PM and midnight and scan documents. And the scanning of the documents was not the worst part. The worst part was when my supervisor told me she expected us to also clean the bathroom. And I thought to myself, the entire floor is using this bathroom. 
and I imagine you must have cleaning staff. Absolutely. And she, kept saying, she kept saying, you know, it's really gross in there. You guys are going to have to clean it before you leave. And then one night she told a group of us, it was, you know, the midnight shift, told a group of us before we left that we had to clean the bathroom that she was, you know, you ha- you cannot leave. You have to clean this bathroom. You can go to and, hell. And yeah, mm-hmm. I walked out and I never returned. Correct. Yeah, no. I just never came back. I never emailed nothing. I'm not I just cleaning left. anybody's late night burrito shits. Thank you very much. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely I know that's not. right. And after I a whole day of people out. blasting that place, I fucking doubt it. Yeah, I Mm-mm. walked out. I walked out that night and I simply did not return ever again. Oh, I remember I had a gig when I was an admin where um, corporate outfit, you know, building was like on Park Avenue um, in the 50s. And Mama, who was like one of the managing directors of the outfit, was like, we're going to put together a chore wheel and all of the admins can go in and clean up the kitchen and the um, the break room, the, the um, what was the other thing? The conference room after meetings now that part fine you clear everything out you put it in the kitchen all the Mm -hmm. leftover food so all of the vultures can go get it because you know folks was broke Mm -hmm. and they wanted to eat food that was free the best food right so you put the sodas and all that shit that i could get because i set the room up anyway so Mm -hmm. fine but baby was short as fuck because she was like yeah you know just rinse out the cups and put them into the to the um washer and you know the dishwasher and all this other bullshit and wipe down the thing i said no um i'm very certain that you have a facilities person who can handle this and i know that you have people who come in here because i've been here late at night and seen them Mm -hmm. come in if you Mm -hmm. want someone to do all of that i suggest that you tell the facilities person that that's what they need to have those folks do because mm-hmm. that is not part of my job description not my job. And, and it's not a thing that I plan to do. And mm-hmm. that was the first time I like set a boundary with this wackadoo woman who was like one of those people who was always on a tear and always, always, always just screechy and hysterical and like a complete dumpster woman. And, you know, people would come to me and be like, how's her mood today? That kind Ew. of shit. Yeah, that kind of shit. And That's I was awful. Like, that was like my first job out of undergrad. And I really was like second job out of undergrad. And I just I was tired of her shit at that point. And I was not for the play play. And I think that's how my legend as being the unfriendly black hottie in the office. <laughs> oh, I've been that. I have been that. And it wasn't oh, because I, I, I was didn't mean. like you when I first met you. I thought you didn't like me. Well, maybe I didn't. I probably didn't. <laughs> I probably did not. Or I thought you were mean. I'm like, because I don't smile all the time? What, am I supposed to do a little soft shoe for you? Like, what the Mm. fuck? It's not my job to make you comfortable, babes. It's just not. Oh, you just sit in your office. You don't talk to anyone. Like, shouldn't I be working? Exactly. I'm getting my work done. Right. Remember one of the jobs I had, they were like, oh, Nikki just sits there with her headphones on. And she, I was like, yeah, but Nikki, who comes in at 730 in the morning, is done with all of her work for the day by 1130. Boom. And then she's taking classes online because that's what she says she could do. So that's mm-hmm. what I did. Right. And it's like one of those things where, especially from black ladies, they always expect like, you know, come and let me hold you in my bosom and <laughs> and help you right. make your life decisions. No, fuck that. I'm here to work mm-hmm. and nothing else. Exactly. I don't like any of you, babes. And I don't owe any of you anything outside of what I have been brought in here to do and when mama mama didn't know what to do because i was kind of letting her cook because back then 
you know, I just didn't feel like I was in a place where I could push back on her fucking bullshit. Right. And then after that, it was, I was off to the races. Cause I was like, baby, what you not going to do? Cause one time she yelled at me in the middle of the office and I literally, she was still yelling. And I just walked out of her office, picked up my shit and took the longest lunch in the history of long lunches because mm-hmm. fuck her and fuck her fucking nonsense. She didn't think yeah. I was coming back. So. I mean, honestly, I got to say out of all the things I've learned in life is just to like stand your, like there, you got to choose your battles for sure, but like stand up for yourself. Absolutely. Stand up Absolutely. for yourself. Yep. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think of all these situations that happen because like, I like, I'm a nice person. I'm a kind person. You know, I like to, my fault is that I, I will help you because I want to, like, right. I will, I will always help if I can, if I can find a way to help, I will always help. Um, but I've, it's been taken advantage of in many situations and I had to learn to stand up for myself and to say, no, this is not what I want. No, this is not make me feel good. No, this is, I can't give you any more than this and that's okay. But it took a long time for me to be, I mean, it's only in like the last two or three years that I've been able actually to like master that skill, but I'm glad because it changed my life for the better. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i had to go see about buddy he was wilding i don't know what he's doing in here um all right so for the final question what was the best job you've ever had does mm. our podcast count as a job we got paid once it sure does count <laughs> we did get paid once unpaid labor is labor this is true yeah it's funny because when they asked us to do trivia we're like we'll just do it for a cab fare and free drinks <laughs> If you don't want it like it's we just it's we like it so much that we missed it um I don't know I think I've been really lucky I've liked I can find the best in most situations you know I loved working for hybrid music because I grew up in it and shout out to Tariq for giving me the freedom and uh like tough love that I needed sometimes to like become the video producer person that I am now I love my job at NPR I love working for Jazz Night it's amazing I loved selling wedding dresses when I did that I loved being a waitress when I did that you know um, I'm going to find a way to make it a good time because life is short. I know that's right. <laughs> People are out here dying. And like, I'm very lucky. I've recognized like my privilege to be able to, you know, sometimes have creative control of what I'm doing or just to decide that this is the job that I'm going to work into like now being in a position where I don't have to say yes to everything because my life depends on it. Mm. You know? Um, yeah. I've like, I don't know. I don't, I think all of my jobs at the time that I've worked in them have been my favorite, you know? Um, and but if I could have a job that would be my ultimate favoritist, it would be being paid, getting paid to be somewhere really pretty and talking about Game of Thrones or books. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love the idea of that. Like, I don't know what I see, see that kind of thing. I don't know what it is I'd want to do. I think I just would like to be a lady of leisure. I think I'd be, I mean, I'd, yeah, because work That's is a, kind of for suckers. So it's I, a lot. I really, it is a lot. It's like I for Halloween, I had this whole people keep calling it the Marie Antoinette get up, like whatever. It's like I had the full hoop skirt I love and it. I had like the, the wig and everything. And it was really hard to like go to the bathroom in these things. And I just realized that like I was made to be dressed and attended to. Correct. Mm-hmm. Let someone was, else do it. You know, like I want to gonna... say like I was born in the wrong century, but we all know we would have been slaves if I'd been born anywhere else. So it's right. like I look to the future. Yeah. Good question. Um, have you guys been watching The Serpent Queen? No, no, but it's not a book that's on our list. I think it, it is based on a book. book. I feel like I know the cover, so it makes me think yes. I think I might have it in my Kindle, actually. 
It's a good show. It's on stars. Oh, I don't have stars anymore. I got rid of stars when American Gods went to shit. It did go bad. I stopped watching it pretty quickly. It was like the whole reason I had um, stars. Mm. But it's really good. Highly recommend. I'll check it out. I'm going to say that that time we got paid for trivia is my best job. Mm-hmm. Um, that was our biggest day. We did an afternoon, a Sunday afternoon for yeah. the premiere of season. Did I go to that seven? one? I feel or like I eight. went to that one. I don't think it was season eight. No, season seven. Yeah. The premiere. It was, it was 2019. Yeah, that was the first season that I watched with everybody else. Because remember, I had never watched. Oh, right, before. right. And I binged it that summer. I think I binged it right at the end of season six so season seven was the first season i watched with everybody that's the one where now this came yeah i think that was the beginning of season eight no i don't think so i think it must have been the beginning of season seven seven. i think like it was like john snow was dead and then we like you know oh right because we had that year between we had the year but yeah yeah it was after that whole year between so yeah you're right it was season seven now season eight was in lockdown right yeah it no, was. no, it was right before. It was oh, it right feels, before because oh, yeah. I remember. Like I remember people were like, <laughs> if they had added that ending to lockdown, people would have burned buildings. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though, mm. because people didn't have anything but time and bread starters yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. so yes. I think people would have fucking knocked shit over. Yeah, Shout out yeah. to the sourdough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we had. We had a trivia. Now this news came, and they did their whole video and report. We had an influencer named Sarah Funky who had found out about us in the news, and then that's mm-hmm. how we found out we were in the news. Yeah, so I found the newspaper article that like mentioned us and our trivia, and I was so shocked because I'm like, they didn't interview us or anything. Like no. somebody just found us, and you know, I mean, it would have been nice for them to like talk to you to tell me. No, I mean, we, we literally found it. out. We found <laughs> out because an influencer reached out to us to ask if she could come film at some of it wow the the date ended i'm not working so we did a separate video with her Mm -hmm. and then now this news reached out and i'm like this is crazy now this news yeah that was fun because i remember they interviewed me yes they did Mm -hmm. like a they did a mini trivia thing right was it game of thrones or was it donald trump was what they did yeah i think i was i think i got my answer right because i knew it was trump yeah (laughs) and so because we and then we had the music video oh yeah yeah andrew's shout out to andrew davenport and people showed up in costume. We had yes, the guy dressed did. as an Unsullied who started guarding the door. And like, we didn't mm-hmm. even know him. I didn't there was even someone know dressed was. as a dragon. Yeah. We had yeah, the dragon. Yeah. And so, you know, that- Shout out to the 345 up- Elder Pirates, because those are all people from my old building. Yeah. Who were like cosplayed super hard for that. I love well, it that. Was, it was absolutely our greatest trivia. And we made so much money for the bar that they paid us. Yeah. So nice. that was my- that was my. I was drinking, job. drinking at that. We was yeah, all drinking, and I, drinking. I was trying to remind people, like, because we were giving out free drink tokens mm-hmm. for certain yes. questions. And I, I was won. Like, remember the tip. Remember the tip. You won, I won the tour. a tour. I did. Yes. Yeah. You won a tour at our first one, right? I think so. I, I think never took that tour. One. I think I still have. The yeah, they stopped. Though. They stopped giving us tour passes as prizes because nobody was taking the tours. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> But I think I still got, have that pass somewhere around here. But we got paid for that trivia because we just did so well. And mm-hmm. so that's my favorite job. That was such a cute space. And it was perfect. For we the, love that. The, we really want to be able to do it again. But we'll, you know, shout out to the Stonebridge for 
uh, basically the stone bridge is owned by one of my lawyers and it's his bar and i saw that he posted that he had done game of thrones trivia and i was like oh my god that's really cool i wish i had known i would have come and he was like oh i was like you know me and my friend tanya we host a game of thrones trivia he was like do you want to do it here and i was like one second let me text tanya because i already know the answers yes but i'm going to ask her anyway and yeah <laughs> and so i've been talking to him off and on about it all week and i was like listen we might dress up listen this is how we run trivia he's like i'm so excited i was like i'm yeah. so excited i like i can't wait i'm i'm so excited to ask people these questions and like to keep it real honestly me and tanya have sometimes tried to answer the questions that we wrote and they're hard sometimes we can't they answer them. Hard. we don't know yeah, i mean I, like, I, I don't, don't know, know if we names. would win our trivia <laughs> yeah. they were hard questions and I had yeah. like a team where some most well, some of us were book people mm-hmm. and some of us were not book people. I was the not book people and the book people were going hard yeah. in the paint. It's nice to see them get that stimulating, that excited, and just to know the love for the books really run that deep, you know, like people yeah. really, really connect with it. And that's what makes it the most fun, I think. Yeah, yeah, if you haven't experienced a thousand eyes on one trivia, you're truly missing out because you we do absolutely not stand there are. and just read questions. It is an event. It is yeah. an event. You, there's going and to be booze. There's going to be cackles. Yes. And, the, and the care shows. It shows that lot. you guys are really committed to it. And also, it's not just some like flight of fancy type shit. This is like some shit you really love. And it shows. It shows mm-hmm. at the functions. It shows in the pre- preparations for it it shows and like even like the ads for it like it shows (laughs) that's all nikki that is all nikki nikki is the copywriter for all of our ads because she has a way with words it's really fun writing questions for it it's like yeah i hate making flyers but i'll make them for this and it's just like because making flyers is just like part of a job that i have to do it's part of me doing social media for other things and so but it's different when i get to just like be inspired and do it for this (laughs) <laughs> yeah. i don't know maybe i'll show up you know. should come like it's i'm so one, washed though one night in whitestone it's oh, just God. one night it's far from me too girl. it's far from it's far from us all but i will say like i decided like i the other reason i agreed is because there's this deli called cherry valley that's there and i used to go there when i was like super stoned in college and get the best sandwiches like you're I'm talking like pick your sandwich and put gravy and onion rings on it you got me so. <laughs> and and dj radar ellis of yeah course, correct who is there. a stellar dj mm-hmm. <laughs> yes so he'll be there djing vibes again. vibes vibes he's part Got of the it. team good yes, with the is. vibes okay well he is like he's he doesn't have a choice let's be real not really <laughs> <laughs> well that was my last he question <laughs> <laughs> he knows the vibes that was my last question y'all y'all made it Thank we you for having it. us, Max. Yay, oh, this is so a fun. pleasure. This was so much fun. You guys, you know, you can always come back. I, I always I always like a good rambling, good time, especially when, you know, when I'm talking to people who are passionate about what they do. It's it's always fun to talk to folks who are like who found their thing because, you know, some people are still looking for their thing. It's and they never too late. It. it is it's never too late. late. We so are no do whatever you want. Thing. Listen, the, the the asteroid I've been asking for for the last two years might just show up. So do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> it's well, so hopefully true. we get you for 30 Tuesdays. Yeah, yep. that would be Listen, great. Listen, holla at your girl. We'll talk about it offline. Um, okay. Sue, where can the people find you? Tanya, take it away. <laughs> Previous episodes, go to thousandeyespodcast.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we are Thousand Eyes One on Twitter, 
A Thousand Eyes and One on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're interested in our speculative fiction book club, that's A Thousand... I'm sorry, I messed up. That's <laughs> Why Not an Empty Stomach on Instagram. And our YouTube channel is A Thousand Eyes and One Podcast. Boom. Boom. And also, also, guys, the most pleasing voices on the podcast to hear. Like, <laughs> both of them have the most pleasing voices. It's all. It's almost like NPR shit, but without all of the... And then we'll go down to the, you know what I mean? Uh, we're we're saving that for our OnlyFans. <laughs> we should a do thousand a eyes on that one. Yep. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you, Tanya. <laughs> Damn it. Trolling me on my own shit. <laughs> well done, though. Well done. <laughs> good job good job, good job. <laughs> returning champion <laughs> well this was so much fun i really appreciate you guys coming on and that was my chat with the fabulous ladies of a thousand eyes and one as well as the wine on an empty stomach book club i hope you guys enjoyed it it was such a fun informative conversation as you know i enjoyed it so, without further ado, let's get in to these key takeaways. My one and only key takeaway for this week is everything is a fucking scam. And by that, I'll tell you a little story. So, you know my birthday coming up, you know what I mean? It's on Monday, boop, boop, boop. I went to get my nails done so I could be cute, you know what I'm saying? And I'm in the cab coming home because, you know, trains and buses and all that are canceled. So I'm coming home and, you know, I'm a driver, we rolling, about to hit it to the um, Manhattan Bridge or whatever. And we get pulled over by the police. And, um, you know, the, the nervousness that comes over you as it always does. My driver had never been pulled over before. He was clearly an immigrant and he didn't want no smoke. And I was like, just stay calm. I always feel like I have to talk people through it when the harassment begins. And they pulled us over for making a turn and not letting pedestrians cross, which felt flimsy. So anyway, pulled us over, had us sitting on the clock, of course, um, for the longest time, I'm getting app notifications from Uber like, girl, you all right? What's good? What happening? Y'all taking a long time. And I'm like, everything's Gucci. And um, basically, we're sitting there because you know what they like to do. They do the thing. They come get your shit. And they have you sitting and waiting and um, waiting and waiting. Um you know, because, you know, clearly he had a fucking fare and that was me and I looked good in black. So I'm certain he got a two for one by her fucking up my schedule or whatever and fucking with this cat who's driving. So we sit and we wait in. Mans comes over. He's like, we pulled you over because of whatever, whatever. You know, we're going to give you a ticket. You didn't let the pedestrians cross when you were turning, which was bullshit, by the way. So P.O. gave the, the PO gave him. A $200 ticket. So here's the scams. That ticket was $200. It would take my driver eight hours to earn $200. So that was eight hours worth of money that he had to come off of that he probably hadn't made yet. He wasn't going to drive that day. 
And he was just, you know, let me go out, do a little something, something, you know what I'm saying? Get a little extra change for the holidays. And we sit in there. And of course, the, the nervousness on his end and my end. And I'm literally saying to myself, well, if this is it and we get shot full of holes, well, uh, don't let them put no bad pictures up of me. And, you know, make sure they put my fucking podcast in context. <laughs> um, so we sit in there and we know. And I told him as much, like the reason why we're getting pulled over is almost the end of the month and it's time to get them fundraising coins up at the end of the month for the quota that doesn't exist. So one scam, Uber not paying a fucking living wage so mans don't got to drive for eight hours to fucking earn 200 fucking dollars. The second scam is the pork (laughs) fundraising on their end of the month quota that doesn't exist for flimsy ass reasons. Cause there was a trough of cats who did the exact same thing. You live in New York. You, if you live in New York, you know what it is. If you, you cross in the street, cats is turning, they may or may not let you through boop, 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 it's whatever you, you hold your peace. But in this particular scenario, there wasn't even really anybody in the street. So all that to say, everything's a fucking scam and it is goddamn awful and trash and I hated it. And the fact was that man's felt like he needed to be apologetic about it. Pissed me off. The fact that the goober who fucking stopped us felt smug about his uh, re-up. Because they were, they were stopping people left and right behind us. And I bet money, um, none of them had um, was lacking melanin. So I'll put it that way. So yeah, everything's a fucking scam. Everything is fucking trash. Everybody can eat dicks. Happy holidays. (laughs) Anyway, that's it for this week's uh, Mostly Max and other things. Um, I hope your holiday be at the start so you know everybody is downshifting, because I know I have. Um, You know, stay safe. Make sure your people are tested or whatever before they come in your house. Um, I hope the food is good. I hope the the potato salad is not disgusting. I hope your turkey isn't dry. Um, And everyone has a good, safe holiday. And as always, keep washing your hands. Keep wearing your mask because this shit ain't finished. Um, Keep uh, that Purell on decky. Wipe down all your shit. And as always, take care of yourself and take care of others. And I will be back next week.